0: Here on the ground, change happens fast. Problems feel frequent and urgent. It's loud, and anxiety runs high. From a satellite view, the Earth looks the same as it did thousands of years ago. We've been here before. Let's learn from our past and shoot for a better future. Hello and welcome to this episode of A Satellite View. I'm Todd Mickelson, your host, speaking at you from Sunday, November 5th, 2023, in the time and space continuum. So much going on. Uh, I say that at the beginning of every show, I guess. It's obvious, right? Things going on in the courts in New York with the Trump family, Tommy Tuberville, Tuberville, being an absolute idiot and liar. Things going on all over the world and things going on right here in the country. Now, when we look down at Earth from a satellite view, we can't see all the chaos that's going on. We just see the beautiful Earth. I kind of like to look at it as also where we can see a huge timeline. So we can look over to our left maybe and see into the past. And then go down and see what was going on. And maybe we can learn from that. What was the United States like in 1948? Here in Minnesota, a large part of the population lived in rural Minnesota. They were farmers. It's farmland up here, a lot of cornfields. Sparse amount of people. Houses were sometimes a mile or more away from each other because they were all farms and they had farmland. There were also cities. Minneapolis and St. Paul, among some other smaller ones, but those were the main cities here in Minnesota. They were modern cities uh, with a lot of culture. There were very well-educated people all around the state, but especially, of course, in the cities. The suburbs, you know, I wasn't alive then. But I remember in the 1960s, the suburbs were starting to develop, but they were only starting to develop. I lived in St. Louis Park, which is directly connected to Minneapolis. So it's just one town over. Going a little further west, you were all of a sudden in farmland. Even when I moved to the Lake Minnetonka area in 1972, they were only just building the highway, the freeway, out from Minneapolis that made it out that far. Otherwise, it was just like a a two-lane road. Now, we we don't educate ourselves all that well in this country as far as worldwide cultures and civilizations. When we first heard of places like Iran, Iraq, we just assumed they were deserts. No, we didn't learn about actual culture. In the 1970s, Iran, the culture was almost just exactly like the culture in America. Of course it took America to mess that up and and anger them and and uh, have the bad guys take over. But in the 1970s, the culture in Iran was very similar to the culture in the United States. In the even even in the 1800s, Palestine was kind of like a lot of other places all around. There were Jews, Muslims and Christians living in the same neighborhoods. They had culture, they had civilization. They weren't just people with a certain kind of hat on living in the middle of the desert. Well, how could that be? You got to ask yourself, why in the 19th and 20th century would there be parts of the earth that just absolutely have no civilization? Now, in 1948, the story goes that the Jewish people came back to Palestine, the Holy Land, and it was a desert, and there was almost nobody there. But that's not true. I mean, why, why would that be true? Why would there be parts in modern times at any given time? Why would parts of the earth just be like lost in 2000 years in the past? You know, do they have cars? Do they have electricity? Yeah, they do. <laughs> you know, there were Palestinian people living there. There were cities, especially on the coastlines. There was rich culture. There was culture, there was civilization. Now, the Jewish people were obviously had gotten driven out of a lot of places because of the Second World War and the Nazis. A few weeks ago, I talked about the Holocaust and how absolutely horrible it was. Way more horrible than we are taught. The atrocities that happened against the Jewish people were just way, way worse than what we were ever taught in school or any, anywhere in this country. The Holocaust Museum is the first I've seen of a lot of footage and information. And I've seen documentaries and things like that, but the Holocaust was horrific. Jewish people were fleeing Germany, certainly, but even other parts of Europe, because Hitler was taking, up, he was taking over Europe. The Jewish people didn't know where to go. There was a thing going on in the early part of the 20th century where anti-Semitics in Russia were pushing Jews out. And a lot of those Jewish people would go to England. In 1906, there was a guy, his name was Lord Balfour, and he came up with the Balfour Declaration. It was kind of an alien act. 1906, we're not going to accept refugees from Eastern Europe. Lord Balfour was an anti-Semite. The refugees coming from Eastern Europe were Jewish He was essentially passing a law that disallowed Jewish people from coming into the country. Later on, he thought, hey, okay, that makes me look like an anti-Semite. Here's a better idea. First of all, evangelical Christians, they believe that the second coming of Jesus Christ can't really happen in the way that they were hoping it would, unless the Jewish people go back to Palestine, go back to the Holy Land their holy land let's reorientate them to palestine that's where they want to go anyway right and then palestine will be part of england we will do that we we will set up the circumstances for the jewish people to go to palestine coupled up with the holocaust where jewish people had nowhere to go england kind of thought okay we're going to start an israeli state and it's going to be a beautiful democracy the evangelical Christians were a big part. They were a significant part of forming the Israeli state and making it a part of England. And it was because of their anti-Semitism. They thought, yeah, let's gather the Jews and put them there. Keep them away from us. In that case, it's religion. It's not even race differences. It's religion. In the United States, the Catholics were vilified. John Kennedy, the first thing he had to do when he was going to run for president was meet with other Christian religious leaders because non-Catholic Christians hated the Catholics. They hated them just because of religion. Hate is the problem. We're going to start an Israeli state, and it's going to be a beautiful democracy. The problem is, very similar to the United States trying to become a democracy in the 1700s, they realized, okay, what are we going to do about the people that were here before we got here? You know, the United States, originally, the pilgrims, they were Puritans. They were being ran out of Europe because they were extremists. And Europe was like, you know what? We're not going to put up with you guys. (laughs) They were being driven out of Europe. They came to the United States. They found these people were already here. And it's like, well we could set up a really nice thing for ourselves here if it wasn't for those people that were already here. So what did the United States do? You could call it ethnic cleansing, I guess. The United States, over the next 150 years, all but completely erased the indigenous people of America. They tried their hardest to do that. If we're having a democracy, I mean, were the Native Americans ever considered as being a part Of our democracy. No, women weren't even considered, (laughs) even white women weren't even considered to be a part of our democracy here in the United States until just a little more than 100 years ago. 1948, we want to have a beautiful democracy, a Jewish state of Israel. What do we do about the people that are already here? The first thing they did was they expelled, mostly forcefully, expelled about 800,000 Palestinians. They, they just said, no, you're, we're taking over your house. They were expelled. Now, where do they go? If they didn't expel that many Palestinians, there wouldn't be a majority of Jewish people in this new democracy called the State of Israel. Elections, well, they're not going to work the way that the Jewish people wanted them to work. So you can't include the Palestinian people that already were living here. Now, of course, the Jewish people did live there thousands of years ago, and they were pushed out. The Jewish people have been pushed out of a bunch of places. Palestinian people have been pushed out of... There are these groups of people who get all pushed around. It's not right. But my question is, why can't we have integration? Especially now, why can't the democracy, the only democracy in the Middle East, why can't they include... Palestinian people. It was more harmonious 150 years ago than it is now. That's a little bit of history of what actually happened in the forming of the Israeli state. I don't see anybody being completely right or anybody being completely wrong. Right now, Netanyahu is opposed by most citizens of Israel. He's giving interviews with foreign press but not Israeli press because he knows his own people are against him. His usual blaming of others for October 7th is just not working. I think it was two weeks ago on this podcast, I correlated 9-11 here in the United States with now what's probably going to be known as October 7th in Israel. Hamas savagely and brutally Raped and tortured and murdered Israeli people on Israeli grounds. Netanyahu knew that was going to happen. That's clear now. Netanyahu cannot protect his own people. And even though Israel has one of the most advanced, I mean, maybe just behind the United States, most advanced high tech military, it was a complete failure to protect their own people on their own land on October 7th. And now Netanyahu is just trying to get revenge. And Netanyahu is trying to finish the ethnic cleansing of the Palestinian people. They have the technology. That a few days ago, they struck an ambulan- a line of ambulances, and I guess a hospital was also included in it because they thought there was one ambulance that had a Hamas leader in it. They have the technology to hit that one ambulance and do very little collateral damage. They have the technology to hit a guy in his car with little collateral damage. Is that what they're doing? No. They're just carpet bombing Gaza. And thousands and thousands and thousands of innocent Palestinian citizens are dying. Men, women, and children, babies. They're saying, okay, there's maybe five Hamas leaders underground in this refugee camp. Do they send in special forces, which they could do? Do they send in special forces to infiltrate? They say, oh, hey, no, we know where all the tunnels are. Don't worry. We got this. Okay, then go in and kill those five guys. Don't carpet bomb the refugee camp and kill thousands of Palestinian people that are just innocent people. There are two sides to this argument. And by criticizing Netanyahu... And what he and his military are doing in Gaza right now does not make anyone anti-Semitic. We're not going against Jewish people. Jewish people in Israel are against what Netanyahu is doing in Gaza. This is another thing you don't see if you're just getting your news from regular news sources. You got to dig into this. Look into foreign news sources. Look into people who are there on the ground and what they're reporting as to what's going on. Israel... Is against Netanyahu. Netanyahu is Trump with a brain. Israel does not want Netanyahu to be their leader. He corruptly held on to the seat. His own military disagrees with what he's trying to do with a lot of political things going on with their judicial system over there right now. They're not using their high tech military to annihilate Hamas, they're using their low tech military capabilities. To carpet bomb, a place where they know there's a lot of Palestinian people who cannot escape. There are two sides to this argument. Israel definitely has the right to defend themselves against Hamas. I agree that Hamas should be obliterated from the face of the earth. They are terrorists. As a matter of fact, Israel has the duty of defending themselves against Hamas. And Netanyahu did not do his duty. He did not defend his people. He couldn't even protect his people on his land from a terrorist attack from Hamas. That was anything but high-tech. Guys flying in and hang gliders, killing at least 1,400 Israels, taking 250 hostages. Netanyahu failed in his duty As the leader of Israel, and the Israeli people know it. And when I say that, that doesn't make me an anti-Semitic. And that leads me to an incident that happened very sadly that involves my friend Dean Phillips. And we'll talk about that when we come back from a short break. You're listening to A Satellite View. We'll be right back. Like View, I'm Todd Mickelson, your host. We're talking about Palestinian people and Israeli people. That's how I like to put it. People. We're talking about people. They're all people. Netanyahu thinks the Palestinian people are not people. And there's been a lot of indoctrination for the last 70 years or more in that part of the world. That there are certain people who are not people. That is the problem. Hate is the problem. It's what makes people take sides. Hate is the problem. And I was extremely disappointed to see the lack of vision or even the lack of being prepared For your first town hall in New Hampshire, where you are spending a significant amount of money, because I know a little bit about making video and video equipment, cameras up on big arms flying around the room, uh, an open air control room where people were kind of distracted by the guy directing the cameras, you know, like, okay, camera one, go get on the podium. Camera two, get a shot of the audience. You know, this is going on as part of the town hall meeting held by my friend, Dean Phillips, in New Hampshire, at Rex Theater. The crowd was small and appeared to be largely made up of staff members, family, and friends. The atmospherics were atypical. A loud, live musical performance featuring his singing wife kicked off the event, followed by three separate introductory videos, one of which included bizarre commentary on his old haircut and a visibly prominent security presence. Around an hour into the meandering town hall on Wednesday, just this last Wednesday, a 23-year-old woman stands up and she asks Phillips to support a ceasefire in the Israeli-Gaza war. Phillips, blinking rapidly as Chan asked her the question and then began his response by turning around the question to ask her about how she feels about the Israelis killed by Hamas in the conflict. Dean Phillips says, I'm going to answer each of your questions, but I have to tell you, I took note that you didn't mention, how do you feel about Israeli babies and moms and dads and grandmas and hostages in Gaza who were brutally murdered? I just want to hear, before I answer your question, if that empathy is across humanity or only for Palestinians right now. That's how he responds to a 23-year-old woman at his I, don't know. I Normally, he's extremely cordial to people, but he obviously is seeing red here. <laughs> she ended up replying, I am completely empathetic to them. And then Phillips repeatedly invoked his multiple visits to Israel in the past year and his role as the ranking Democrat on the Foreign Affairs Subcommittee focused on the Middle East and told this woman, you and I are the same. He said he was horrified and disgusted when I see Palestinians slaughtered. So he did, he did say that. He denounced Hamas as an enemy of both Israel and Palestinians. He did not answer her follow-up questions about why he's not calling for a ceasefire. At one point, he pointed in defense to his friendship with Representative uh, Rashida Tlaib, the only Palestinian-American member of the House. And he says, I care deeply about Palestinian lives. Rashada Talib, my Palestinian sister, is my friend. I'm her Jewish brother. Phillips and Chan then debated whether she was being antagonistic. So, okay, I, I don't, this is so unlike Dean as I know him, and I know him fairly well. You know, I don't hang out, and we don't hang out socially, but I have seen him at a lot of these shindigs, and I was there at, from the first minute he started to run back in uh, 20, late 2017. And him being, you know, saying, are you being antagonistic, you know? And then that riled up other people in the audience. Some guy goes, they're U.S. bums. That's the effing problem. Uh, another person said, you just gaslit her instead. And then he goes, I gaslit? And then somebody goes, you did. And then the 23-year-old woman was escorted out by staffers. Then the question of a ceasefire continued to haunt Phillips after she was gone. A black man, one of only a few at the event, asked if white supremacists and hate groups should be categorized as terrorists. And Dean Phillips responded, those are terrorists, 100%. Then the man asked if that means bombs should be dropped on states such as Alabama to eradicate said groups. A very good point. If there's a few white supremacist terrorists in Alabama, let's carpet bomb the state It could be argued that that's what Netanyahu is doing to Gaza right now. Okay, uh, that was off script. Phillips responded to that, that the Ku Klux Klan is different from Hamas, and again challenged attendees, saying they had not asked about the welfare of Israelis. Another woman sounded as if she might cry when she asked how killing Palestinians is making what happened to Israelis better, and if there were no other solutions to the conflict. Dean Phillips again responded with a query asking the two questioners for their ideas on how to fix the situation. He again returned to the idea that Israeli babies are also important, a stance none of the questioners disputed. Dean, what are you doing? First of all, it's obvious nobody, including you, had it pop in their head that this issue was going to be raised at your town hall. What are you doing? You're not seriously running for president. Your main advisor uh, might be your campaign manager is the guy who introduced Sarah Palin to the United States. And then you go on Bill Maher's show and say, I I wouldn't rule out having a Republican as my vice president. I'm sure Steve Schmidt has Sarah Palin in his phone still. Is that what we're going to do now? What are you doing you're not prepared to run for this. This is just, I feel like it's making Minnesota look like idiots. And Dean, if you're hearing this, I will always consider you a friend. From my exposure to you, you're an incredibly great guy, but I'm feeling completely duped by you. You saying that you went around this district and got a lot of encouragement to run against Biden for president. All that does is help Trump, it helps Trump. And the fact that you don't think so is, is insane to me. If I was your advisor, I would have said, okay, you're going to get asked about this. There are going to be people at these town halls. He wants to do 119 town halls in New Hampshire in a very short period of time. I mean, that's impossible, <laughs> but he said he's going to do it. So far, I guess he's only had one, but, and by the way, The expensive video that was going to be released, I I guess it was live streaming. Immediately after the event, they pulled it off of YouTube. Didn't want anyone to see it. Dean, if I was your advisor, first of all, if I was your advisor before you made the decision to run for president and you said, hey, advise me on whether or not I should run for president, I would have said, definitely do not run for president. Run for re-election. Unless you don't want to be in politics anymore, run for re-election for your current seat. Your district loves you. You will win that seat for as long as you want to keep it. Do not run for president. All that will happen is you will anger all, especially the people who are closest to you and trusted you the most. You will make them feel betrayed. That's what I would really have said if I was his advisor. But let's say I'm Steve Schmidt and my motivation is just making money. Not doing what's right for the United States, but just making money. And you offer to hire me as your advisor. Let's say that's my motivation. So if you're now paying me tons of money to be your advisor, and I don't care about the United States of America or the people who live in it, Then I would advise you, okay, at all these town halls that we're going to do, you're going to get asked how you feel about the Palestinian people, how you feel about Israel carpet bombing Gaza. Here's an answer that I recommend giving. I think that there should be at least a pause in the bombing of Gaza to try and get the Palestinian people, try and get those people out of harm's way and get the hostages I think we should send special forces in or not we Israel should use their special forces that we very much support that's why Israel has such a an elite force is because of all the support from the United States I think we should uh, Israel should use their special forces to go in and try and cut off the head of Hamas with as little collateral damage as possible there are leadership of Hamas in Qatar right now, and I think Israel could justify going in there with special forces and eliminating those guys because of the horrific terrorist attack on Israel on October 7th. I think any of those special forces moves would be justified. That's what I think we should do. And right now, the Biden administration is urging Israel to do at least a pause in the bombing. For all the reasons I just said. I think this 23-year-old woman would have been pretty happy with that answer. But no, Dean got all defensive. Oh, so you don't, so you don't think Israeli babies are worth anything? How come you're not talking about the... And she's like, no, I th- no I, that's not what I'm saying. Well, then what's your idea? How would you solve the problem? You know, that's like taking my car to the mechanic and saying, well, did you check out the, the, the uh, serpentine belt? And I'm like, no, that's your... You're the mechanic. Dean, you're running for president. You're trying to get these people to come up with their ideas on how to solve a huge, complicated crisis on the other side of the world? That's your job. You're supposed to answer the question. You can probably hear how upset I am about my friend Dean Phillips deciding to just do some sort of charade because he's not running a serious campaign. If he thinks he's running a serious campaign, I'm here to tell you, Dean, there is no evidence of that, that any of us see. I know a lot of people over here in Minnesota who are incensed by this silly charade that you're doing. There's even more absolutely disparaging, horrible crap that went on that day, (laughs) outdoors and indoors. Um, but we're starting to run out of time and I haven't even talked about any of the other stuff. Tuberville, Tuberville, y- you might've heard a Marine Corps commandant, Eric Smith had a heart attack because he was trying to do two jobs because Tuberville, Tuberville is blocking the Senate confirmation of now close to, I think, 400 military posts that are direly needed. And he says, oh, come on, we don't need all of They're still going Fine no, this guy had a heart attack. He was apparently getting up at five in the morning and working until 1130 at night, every day, not seeing his family for months, trying to do two jobs. So now he's in the hospital and the guy underneath him, who's trying to cover the job, he was already doing two jobs. So now he's trying to take on these other two jobs. Well, what's he doing? Four jobs? Speaking of the conflict over in Israel and Gaza, we have a fleet of aircraft carriers in the Mediterranean right now that do not have a fleet commander because of this absolute dunderhead. That's how I'm going to clean up my language today. Dunderhead is what I'm calling Tuberville, Tuberville. Ex football coach, you know, I, I'm used to getting criticized. You might know about what I used to do for my for my career and my life. So I, I can take it. You know, we're not, we're not hurting the army or in the, you know, what, what this is no. And the reason he's doing it is because the U S military is trying to take care of all their people. A woman who needs reproductive health care, say she was raped and doesn't want to have the baby. Say she wants to have the baby but there's a horrible thing going, a, a complication going on that's going to risk her life. The U.S. military will pay for her travel if she's in a place where she cannot receive reproductive health care, say in some third world country or in some country ran by uh, a horrible dictator <laughs> who's against abortion rights or, or uh, women's health care rights. They will pay for her travel to get the... Medical attention that she needs. They don't pay for the actual abortion if that's what she needs. They don't pay for any of the reproductive health care. They just pay for her travel. Tuberville Tuberville thinks they're paying for everything and he thinks the American people are against it. Okay, I don't know. 90% of the American people are in favor of that. This guy is an absolute idiot. And the fact that he's a senator is just absolutely atrocious. We need to get control of this. I believe we're going to make huge steps in getting control of this stupidity and hatefulness in the 2024 election. I make this a half hour show. I think I might have to go longer. All of this stuff is ongoing, so we certainly can talk about it next week. I really wanted to cover what's going on in Israel and Gaza right now for some reason even the two state solution is separating disallowing any integration of Palestinian people and Jewish people i should say israeli people because a lot of people who live in israel aren't even jewish or they might call themselves jewish but they aren't super religious that's how most of the world is i mean i don't know about the middle east but that's how you know most of the western world certainly is and israel is kind of an extension of the western world The only democracy in the Middle East. And again, a majority of Israelis are against Netanyahu. Netanyahu is Trump with a brain. Netanyahu is a bigot. Netanyahu wants to wipe out in whole a certain group of people. You know who else wanted to do that? Hitler. How ironic is that? The leader of Israel is acting like Hitler. And that does not make me an anti Semite. By the way, criticizing Netanyahu puts me in agreement with the majority of the Israeli people. You can criticize the Israeli government and not be anti Semitic. I'm not criticizing the Jewish people. I'm criticizing the Israeli state government. It's political, it's not race or religion, it's politics. And right now, in his mind he wants to get rid of he he doesn't want to just get rid of Hamas and Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Palestinian people are just as against Hamas as the Jewish people, as the Israeli people, as you or I. Netanyahu doesn't want to just get rid of Hamas, he wants to get rid of all Palestinian indigenous people. It messes up his plan for Israel to have those people survive. We need to stop taking sides. This is what happened with Dean. This woman stood up and said something about the Palestinian people. The first thing he thought of is like, why are you not mentioning the Israeli babies that died on October 7th? And she's like, Well, that's just not what I'm talking about. No, I'm totally against that. You know, this woman is still against Hamas. She's still in favor. She's in favor of humanity. And Dean, your first you attack her. Is your first instinct? What are you doing? Some, some other force has uh, taken over your body, man. You are not the guy I knew, but it's hate. Hate is prevalent right now. Trump didn't start the hate. The hate was there. And Trump was like, I'm going to ramp up the hate. I'm going to get all the, I love the people who hate. I'm going to ramp it up. Netanyahu's doing the same thing in Israel. The flames of hate are being fanned by too many people. It's the hate that is the problem. And by the way, it's not a president's job to be passionate. It's a president's job to figure out how to fix problems and how to protect his people. You need to be a passionate human being, but in doing the job, you can't do what Dean did. You can't get pissed off at a 23 year old girl because she didn't say, you know, she didn't include the Israeli babies in her question. You can't just jump to that. You can't let your anger take you over when you're president of the United States. You can't have that hate and resentment. A lot of times hate and resentment rise up because something happened against you or your people. The Jewish people have been pushed around for hundreds of years all over the world. Tons of anti-Semitism going on all over the world. Yes, I'm against that. But I'm also against Netanyahu trying to wipe out all the Palestinian people. If you're going to be president, you got to have a whole world view. I would say you got to look at the world from a satellite view. (laughs) Dean Phillips, you fell down on so many levels in that moment. And I don't think you can say, well, it was taken out of context. You should see the videotape. I can't see the videotape because you pulled it off of YouTube. So don't tell me. That you were just misunderstood. You know, it was a bad moment. You took it down from YouTube. Okay. I was starting to do an ending about five minutes ago, if you didn't notice. Very ramped up about this. It's hard because Dean is a friend of mine and he's really screwing up right now and he's really being stupid. And I hate to see that. So I'm. Pretty passionate about that. But I'm not running for president. So, all right. I keep promising that the next week will be the fun one, right? <laughs> now, we got to talk about this stuff. And uh, and maybe next week we'll just stick to the the little stories, the fun stories. Um, but this is so important and, and there are so many important issues going on right now and we all need to talk about them we, we need to stick together on them we need to inform each other as to what's going on that's all I'm trying to do here I'm hopefully helping you if you find yourself in an argument with somebody who's just, you know, not getting it the more we get it, the better we will all do I hope you're enjoying uh, what I'm trying to do. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Satellite View. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to A Satellite View with Todd Mickelson. Go to toddmichelson.com for links and more information.